You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Corey Allen, alongside my wife, Pam. Hola. We have regular weekly conversations that try to expand the wisdom and skills of all married people. <laughs> Plus, we like to be bearers of breaking news. We do have breaking news today. I'm excited. We do. Yeah. Um, there was an accident in Oklahoma City on I-40 where a truck carrying toys and lube semi overturned and spilled all over the roadway in the morning. Really? Really. And so it created quite a, a bizarre, ac- uh, awkward exchange with the anchors on the station because they didn't know what had happened. I've got to Google this. Okay. And so the wording that was it was said was, there's a semi that overturned and it lost its load here. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff to clean up. And then the other one, Jim, can you tell what he's carrying there? What's all over the road? Not really. Maybe you can tell. I can't tell. There's a lot of stuff laying on the road and whatever it is, is going to take a while to clean it all up. And it was actually sex toys and loot. Lost his load, baby. Lost his load, and it's going to take a while to clean up. Well, this if you're new to the show, um, we're so glad that you spent some time with us. And if you want to tell your friends about the show, uh, the easiest way to do that is our episode starter packs. There's a collection of our favorite episodes organized by topics, and they help new listeners, maybe like yourself, uh, figure out what, what we do here on the show. Go to smrnation.com forward slash starter. And you can learn more. If you got some feedback, we want to hear from you, 214-702-9565, or email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. We're coming up on today's regular free version and today extended version, because everybody gets the whole show. Mm-hmm. It's a conversation with Dr. Kelly Kasperson, um, huge friend of the show now. Mm-hmm. Um, would love her work. Mm-hmm. And we are talking all things menopause, perimenopause, women's sexual health, sexual health, testosterone, estrogen, and the like. And she's so fun to listen to. She's captivating to me. Absolutely. So all that's coming up on today's show. So it's my privilege to welcome back uh, a friend of the show, uh, Dr. Kelly Kasperson, uh, physician, a urologist, actually, but also just a woman that's out there using all of your schooling and all of your experience to truly help people. And the way I'm finding you help the people the most, Kelly, is uh, you just talk straight <laughs> about about the stuff that's going on and try to educate people because, let's face it, frankly, a lot of the information that's been out there, uh, it's not it's, it's slanted to one side, so it doesn't help both very often. And yeah. too, too often, yeah. unfortunately, the women are the ones that get pushed aside or run over or just expected of, and that needs to change, and you're doing that. So I thank you so much for that, and I'm glad to have you back on the show, Kelly. Thanks for having me. Super excited to talk to you again. Yeah, so I want to just jump in because you've, you've had a lot going on with your You're Not Broken podcast and um, the book you've got and the, the social media things you've got going. I mean, there's a whole lot happening for you, but I, I guess let's start global and then we'll go a little more specific um, what are some of the things that you keep coming across that women don't know about their sexual wellness aspects of them that they really need to know? I think two come to mind. The first one is that responsive desire is normal, right? You're not thinking about it, but then you start having it and it's awesome and it's fun. 
Right. Totally normal. Because so many people think that spontaneous desire is something we're supposed to have in our day. Right. Or in our week or in our long-term relationship. And to normalize that it's okay if you don't. I had a 26-year-old come into my office this past month and wanted, did not have spontaneous desire. And she thought she should have spontaneous desire. Right. Long-term relationship, right? You get into your sexual scripts. You kind of do get your pattern going. You kind of do your thing. And she thought she was supposed to have spontaneous desire for it. And we're like, no, you don't need a med. You don't need your hormones checked at age 26. Right. You know, you have, if you're enjoying it, you love what you're doing, you just don't crave it and spontaneously desire it right. all day long, totally normal. So that would be number one is normalizing. If you're not thinking about sex when you're not having sex, you have a normal brain. <laughs> That's a good, well said. <laughs> right? And then number two would be what happens in perimenopause and menopause is that our estrogen goes down specifically for the pelvis. Sex can become painful. Sex can become dry. And it's very easy to treat. You can use non-hormonal or you can use vaginal estrogen. Late breaking news, literally this morning, the UK announced over-the-counter vaginal estrogen. Okay. Boom. Mic drop. So yes. no longer, as of September, will no longer be a prescription in the UK. Okay. That's And that's how safe it is. If like, is it yeah. safe? Yeah. It's over the counter in the UK. Yeah. Right. All right. So, so all our UK listeners, it, head out right now because you are you can or, find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Soon you'll be able to just it's pick gonna it up. Be, it's going to be about 30 pounds for a uh, 90-day supply. Okay. So decently, re I mean, I have, I, my frame of reference is American drug prices, so it's right. completely biased, but like, I'm like, that was a screaming deal. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that would be off the shelves in Target here if it was, you know, 45 bucks for right. 90 days supply. But so that's number two is as our bodies change, sex can become challenging. And I'll, I see this all the time. I have low libido and painful sex. Mm -hmm. And I like to like, I like to give people as few problems as possible, right? right? So it's like, right. you do not have two problems. You have one problem. You have pain with sex. Yeah. We'll fix fix that, make the sex better, and then the desire can can come back. Right. Or the responsiveness can come back, or the engagement can come back, the choices can come back, and it's less likely I'm going to be trying to avoid these things because it's common sense. If it's painful, I'm going to avoid it. I mean, actually, we just did a show uh, where Pam and I did a feedback show and there was a, a question that came in, Kelly, that um, a, a disparity in differences, a size. He's well endowed. She's petite. And mm -hmm. I failed to mention, well, it likely would be painful for her then, which, mm -hmm. yeah, it likely would be. I didn't have that data if it was or not. And so a woman was, to her credit, saying she needs to get that checked because if it's painful, then of course she's not going to desire it more, <laughs> which that's, that is common sense. Yep. Why would I want things that are painful yep. more? Yeah, well, in I, the narrative of the female is there's always something wrong with us, right? Like, we're the problem. Mm -hmm. We're too small. And, uh, like, somebody came to me and was like, I'm too small. And I'm like, how about he's too big? <laughs> like, <laughs> let's, let's make that just, a like, problem. flip it and, right. like, right, like, how does well, that feel? You know, like, it's just taking the weight. I, t I tell you, like, take, I'm taking the bricks out of your backpack that you're mm -hmm. carrying around. And that's and that's good. So let's let's land there for a second because you're talking about all right. It's so it's pain during sex. What as as a urologist? I mean, what what are some of your your first things that you say to address that? Obviously, you need details, and so we'll try to. I mean, we can make a, fic a fictional woman if you want out of a, yeah. a, a, a fictional patient, or just in general. What do you keep seeing? I keep seeing two things. Again, two things are common. Number one would be the low hormones. And this includes breastfeeding women. 
right? Okay. I just had a baby. I'm breastfeeding. So my estrogen's really low down in my vulva and vagina. That's almost acting like a, a menopausal pelvis okay. because of our prolactin, our low estrogen. People don't know that. They just think something's horrifically wrong. Mm -hmm. So breastfeeding um, and then perimenopause. Perimenopause, again, define the 10 years around menopause. So we're right. talking late 30s. Right. This can start happening right. for people. Just because I think, you know, if you like pull, if you made people like pick a picture of what a menopause person looks like, I think they're going to check the like 75 year old looking yeah, that's, box. That's what most people think of is like, oh, this right, way, way, way back in our life. Yeah. 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 That's like my grandma, you know, my great grandma or something. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, no, late 30s, you can start having burning with urination, dr vaginal dryness, dryness with sex, decreased arousal mm -hmm. pelvically. So I would say number one, it's hormones for pain with sex. And then number two is they don't take the time to become aroused, both psychologically and physically. Right. And they just put something in the vagina. Because right. look at look at Hollywood. When does sex start? You just put something in the vagina. Right. You just start. If you start, you just start. That's starting. And the vagina needs to lengthen, elongate, and tilt, and also start having secretions. And right. that comes with arousal, right? right? Both arousal with vibration and touch externally in the vulva, and then psychological arousal, mm -hmm. right? If we put a tampon in, it's not sexually arousing to us, right? So mm -hmm. if we just put something in our vagina without being like, I'm into it, this is what I want, I'm thinking some good thoughts, right. whatever we did to warm us up, it's like putting a tampon in. Right. And it's like, well, except for it's bigger. And right. if there's a human attached, right. but it's like the arousal part. So, you know, I always say like, are you making sure that you're aroused before you put anything in right. the vagina? Yeah. Otherwise that, it, it hurts. Yeah. That, that fits the, the number one thing I keep telling couples, particularly when I get a chance to speak is the best advice I can get to anybody at this, at the start as a couple is slow down, slow, slow down the yes. process. Don't, don't speed slow it Slow down. Yeah. Don't speed it I up. I have that. I have that in my book. It's like, do you try to speed through your vacations, <laughs> right? Do you try to speed through your like fabulous five-star meals? Right. Like we literally don't speed through anything else that's supposed to be there just for pleasure. Correct. But we're like five-minute home loan, three-minute sex. Oh. <laughs> we're like in a hurry in this country. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to equate sex with home loans. I'm sorry. That's just not, that's not appealing. <laughs> not good. That's not good sex. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> Okay. So, and then obviously there could be some medical things that happen and then it starts to go specific from there uh, with the uniqueness of the situation. Yeah. There are specific conditions such as vaginismus, tight pelvic floor muscles, you know, things like that. Very, more rare things in perforate hymens, you know, very specific. But then you're going to be like, has this always been this way? Is it this way with tampons? How old are you? Right. What about masturbation? Right. You know, an, an exam. Stuff so you get a little bit. I'd say like gross generalization. It's a hormone problem or an, an arousal problem. Okay, and that's that's kind of the first places to start because this is this. Tell me if I'm off base with this because one of the ways we've we've always through the course of Sexy Marriage Radio now, um, we look at the different aspects of our life. Right, that where's the, there's an emotional side, there's a spiritual side, there's a mental side, uh, there's a physical side, and I got to look at all of them. Right, because it could be if I'm yeah. if I'm having trouble with painful sex, it could be a physical thing. It could also be a mental thing. It could be both. It could be an emotional thing. There's there's so many aspects. And what's sad? Tell me if you believe in this too. Or are you seeing this? I think it, I think you agree. I know where we're going with this already because I know what you do for a living. Um, that there's so many of us that don't take it serious enough, put enough emphasis on trying to actually keep finding answers, keep keep asking questions, keep seeking out. 
Instead, we just kind of think, well, that's just the lot I've got. That's just, that's just what I'm facing. Well, yeah. And I think especially with pain with sex, it's like sex was already not about her. She was already just doing it for him. Right. So she didn't have this great, like, this thing was amazing. Right. I'll see that. I'll have women who are like, I had an amazing sex life and now it hurts. Fix it. Right. Mm-hmm. But a lot of women are like, eh, it wasn't that great to begin with. Like, I don't really care. It's like just kind of a reason I can stop having sex now. Right. So like, if you don't have that reward center already built up and you don't realize sex is for you, it's for your partner. Right. If you, if that's how it already is, then you're like, well, I don't know. What do I, what am I really fixing this pain for? I didn't like it to begin with. There's not a lot of motivation then to to solve something yeah. that hasn't really been enjoyable. And doesn't also fit with the culture in some regards of it, it's it's been tilted towards the man. And there's also been this uh this thought out there, well, yeah, the first time is gonna be uncomfortable. It it it, it will hurt. And oh well that means every time should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've definitely set women up to like expect pain. Which is so That's sad. Not super nice. Yeah. <laughs> It's not super awesome. Instead of, I mean, and it just goes to how bad the sex ed. Our sex ed is so bad that instead of educating people on arousal and how to and lube and how to make it not painful, we just tell them it's going to be painful. Instead of like a little bit of education, I was talking, I was doing another podcast last week, and I'm like, a little bit of education fixes a lot of issues. Yes, it really does. Which that's what I'm hoping we can do. Because so let's go with the other side of this, where you talked about the perimenopausal and the menopausal that. That's something that we get quite a bit of emails on as well, like you would too. So un, let's, let's walk through that of medically speaking and then physically speaking from, from your take and your, your, your lens, mm-hmm. what, what's going on here? What, are some, what, are the, what do women need to know with this? Obviously, you talked yeah. about that hormone, hormone levels are going to change. Estrogen levels are going to go down. That's, and so you got vaginal dryness. Oh, what else? What, what do they need to know? Yeah. Well, so the two, because I got, I really got into hormones because of my listeners, right? Because they started really, really asking me. So I got into it. And one of the questions over and over was like this rumor, I'll call it a rumor now, is that once you hit menopause, there goes your sex life, right? And so I'm like, is it true? Is it true that low estrogen equals no sex life or bad sex life? And it's not true. Like some of the people who are the most exceptional at sex and have great sex are postmenopause for okay. various reasons, right? right? They're completely comfortable. They've got a solid relationship. They know how to ask for what they want. They prioritize their pleasure. All these things that make great sex. Right. So it's not true. But two biggest reasons that women in, in menopause stop having sex. Number one's availability of partner. Makes perfect sense. You know, again, we don't really, we're not always seeking out sex. Right. So like partner's not around. So we're like, no, we're not having sex. I can't help with that one. That's that's on somebody else. Right. But number two is vasomotor symptoms of menopause. Now, vasomotor symptoms of menopause are hot flashes, night sweats, changes in mood and anxiety, poor, really crappy sleep. If you're feeling bad, you don't have a sex drive. You're not feeling sexy. You're not feeling desirable. You're not feeling like you want to prioritize paying attention to your body because it already is kind of not being very friendly to you, right? right? So vasomotor symptoms of menopause specifically are a huge reason that women decrease having sex. So that's where the hormone replacement comes in. Okay. It's like if you can fix your your sleep, your hot flashes, you're going to feel a heck of a lot better. And feeling a heck of a lot better, well, you might want to exercise and eat well and have sex then. Okay. And and on on those um, 
symptoms of this? Do you take them one at a time? Do you take it all across the board? Does hormones address them all? I mean, educate me because this is, I mean, I want to help the audience, but I've got, I'm married to a, the currently speaking 49 year old woman. So preview of coming yeah. attractions. So right, right. <laughs> and that's why, that's why men need to know about this too. This Absolutely. is natural and normal. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with, with menopause. Now it's really been pushed. It's kind of shameful. Again, because I think like women's health has just not researched the way men's health is. So we're mm-hmm. like, well, they, we're not even researching it. So this must be super shameful. Right. But so let's define menopause just because I think a lot of people, again, check the box of like the 75-year-old. We know she's right. post-menopause. Right. But like the 49-year-old, you're not really thinking about it. And if you're not thinking about it, you wonder what is wrong with you because you're sleeping poorly. You're having, you're getting hot and sweaty, clammy, right? You're like, your mood is change. You used to be pretty chill about stuff and now you're like a little jumpier, right? Mm-hmm. So the definition of menopause is the one day, you, you're in menopause for one day. Okay. One day. Okay. That's your day of menopause. Okay. One day after 365 days of not having a natural period. Okay. That's menopause. Day two after 300, so it's 367 days, that's day two of menopause, you're now post-menopausal. Interesting. Right, just to just to get the the okay. language down. Thank you. Okay. Right. I know we we don't even like know that. So how do we how can we talk about it if yeah. we don't know the right words? Right. And so then it's like, well, then perimenopause, the ten years surrounding that one day. You don't know when that one day is. Though, right. Ever. It's it's like retrospective of like, oh, it was twelve years ago or twelve months ago exactly. Now this is a bad definition because many women have hysterectomies. A lot of women have uterine ablations or have IUDs, so they're not getting natural periods. Okay. Right. So it's not a great definition for a lot of people. And then uh, the other thing to know is on average in America, average age of menopause is 51. Okay. Which means 50% of people, it's happening before age 51. Right. Wow. Okay. Just to, just to normalize that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if I, you know, I'll get a lot, I'll get like a 40, let's say I have a 43 year old, 44 year old, and she's complaining of these vasomotor symptoms. And she's like, it could it be? Right. I was like, well, yeah, we were within 10 years of 51. Right. 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 So what happens is the estrogen and progesterone go down low enough that they're not, you know, spiking that normal ovulation, which isn't triggering the uterine lining to shed. Right. So the, and the, so the ovaries are just slowing down. We don't know why this happens. Okay. There are three other mammals where it happens, and they're all in the porpoise family, killer whales or orcas being the most well-known. Okay. There's a theory, and this is all theory, but there's a theory that called the grandmother hypothesis. This is more about menopause than you ever wanted to know, but theory called the grandmother hypothesis where evolutionary, if you have had a grandma around who wasn't taking care of her own littles and could devote her time and attention to taking care of the other littles, that group of people is going to do a lot better. Okay. That's one theory. Okay. The other theory is like, we're living way longer than whatever normal was supposed to be, and the ovaries didn't catch up. Because if you do, if you look at average life expectancy in the 1700s in America, it's yeah. pretty low. Yeah. It's no. pretty low through the 1800s, actually. Yeah, well, so throughout, human his- yeah, throughout human history, we've throughout dramat- human history. We're, we're anomalies. We're, which is why I love, the, you know, when people get up, they get this, like, air quote, natural on me. Like, but is it natural to take hormones? And I'm like, is it natural to be 62? Like, no. Right. Right. So, yeah, I I have fun cutting down the natural argument because I'm like, well, if you really want to be naturally, typhoid should have gotten you when you were, you know, 28. Right. 
you know, we, we actually like not being natural. Yes. It, 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 there's some benefits to it. There's some benefits to it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's menopause. Estrogen goes down. Testosterone goes down. We, did you know that women make more testosterone than estrogen in their twenties? In their twenties? Yeah. Okay. Because that's when, that's when all of our hormones are the highest. Okay. So we're just picking on the twenties, mm-hmm. but there's more testosterone in a woman's body than estrogen. Okay. But what we did is we gendered a hormone, right? We called it the male hormone. Right. And when you gender a hormone, well, now women can't have that. Right. I can't have that. That's the man hormone. But we, so we have one-tenth of what men have, but we have more testosterone than estrogen. Okay. Which is crazy. So that goes down too. And if we talk about hormones of desire, that spontaneous Mm -hmm. desire, that would be the testosterone. Right. Estrogen's a little bit more receptive uh, receptive to sexual advances. If we're going to like give a hormone a role, right. some people say estrogen's, you know, it provides lubrication and arousal. It's really important in the pelvis. Right. But estrogen itself is not, it's not there for desire. Although some women will say, once I got on my menopause hormones, my desire went way up. But as you know, desire is very complex, right? Yeah. Biopsychosocial. Yeah, there's not a linear, you know, kind of thing with, with that. It's not like, hey, do this yeah. and it'll create that. It's not, it's not binary yeah. like that. So desire is tricky, but I, I mean, I've heard a lot of women like, but truly I believe like you start feeling better, your desire is going to naturally go up because you've got more energy. Mm-hmm. So did, did estrogen linearly give you desire? I don't know, but you feel a heck of a lot better and now you're desiring sex. Okay. Awesome. Our long-term sponsor for today is Manscaped, Pam, a big fan of the show. Mm. Uh, and, and we're a big fan of them too. And we so. are a big fan. That's a better Kinda way to say it. Ways. Yes, it is. So it is now fall. And so it's the season of pumpkin spice and making sure that your crotch looks nice. Didn't. I've never put those two together, but no. it makes complete sense <laughs> because it means that Manscaped's products are here to make sure all of your grooming needs are taken care of. So join the over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping when you use our code SMR. So whether you're brand new or you're already with us at Manscaped, you could use the crown jewel of the care for your family jewels, which is the Platinum Package 4.0. With this glorious package, you align your entire hygiene routine in one fail swoop. You get all kinds of good things, which is the Lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker Nose Ear and Hair Trimmer, the Advanced Skin Safe Technologies on all of their products, which is fantastic. Because mm-hmm. when you're when you're trimming the nether regions, fellas and ladies, mm. you just need to be delicate and Safety careful. Safety first. And, and they've got you covered. <laughs> they also have a body wash, a premium two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. You'll have your skin and hair feeling hydrated and smelling fresh. Go to manscaped.com to get 20% off and free shipping with the code SMR. Again, that's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com when you use our code SMR. Manscaped helps take care of all of your grooming needs and make sure you are fresh heading into the fall season. And so if you're talking about, let's pivot this just slightly, uh, because we've got a message that's come in I want to get your take on uh, as well, that... Um, if, if you're talking about, uh, hormone levels go down, particularly in the pelvis, uh, what remedies are there? Cause there was a woman that talked about, she tried hormone pellet therapy and it really helped her, but what are the pros and cons and what else can people do? Obviously, yeah. if we move to the UK, we can go get stuff over the counter, but uh, as yep. a breaking news today, so it- but what, what else, what, where do we go? What, what else can they do? So if we, if we decide that hormones are right for us. And I would say vaginal estrogen is very right for, for all people, but um, with vaginas. 
But so vaginal estrogen is just low dose local estrogen. Okay. It's not it's not going anywhere else. It's not going to help your hot flashes. It's not going to help your night sweats. It's not going to prevent your bones from getting osteoporosis. This is local hormones. Right. So great for moisture, great for the skin, great to keep blood flow and, you know, collagen in the clitoris and the vulva. Keeps those those structures really sexually healthy and keeps your bladder really healthy too. Okay. A lot of women start peeing more, having burning with with urination with menopause. It's called genital urinary syndrome of menopause. Used to be called vulvovaginal atrophy, but nobody liked calling it atrophy because <laughs> right. it's not nice. No, that's so that's a, that's again degrading to women. In yeah, the yeah sense it's of, like ah. calling erectile dysfunction or a penis failure. Right. <laughs> it's like we don't do that. <laughs> or penile atrophy. That's not a good thing. Penile, either, penile atrophy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's called GSM now. So that's vaginal estrogen. Very, very different, and like one one hundredth lower the amount okay. of what hormone replacement is. Okay. And hormone replacement is still on the, on the order of magnitude 10 times lower than what birth control is. Okay. So let's, you know, let's not think these are crazy amounts of hormones. Right. It's, it's not. We're not trying to give you your 18-year-old hormones back. We're trying to give you like your 30-year-old hormones back. Okay. Enough to make you feel better right. and protect your bones. Yeah, just to boost, just to boost things, you. give a little bit of a jump just start. Just Yep. We're not trying to get you pregnant again. Okay. So the so let's talk specifically about pellets. So pellets are systemic, mm-hmm. not vaginal, mm-hmm. right? So it's for your whole body. They're not FDA approved. The national guidelines by the North American Menopause Society actually recommend against compounded or pellet therapy. Okay. We do have several papers saying that your risk of side effects are much higher. They're untested. You can't reverse them. You can't pull them out. So they're in there for a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And what I tend to see is a couple of things. Number one, these are for, from people who really want to make money off of you because the average doctor is pretty bad at hormone management, truthfully. Right. This is why this exists. Right. So it's very expensive. Women will say, I'm spending thousands of dollars on my hormones. And I'm like, you do realize menopause is like a 40-year thing, right? This is why we need cheap vaginal estrogen at Target. Okay. But it's like, this is a long, this is not a course of antibiotics. Right. This is a, this is, you know, right. maintenance forever. It's an ongoing so thousands thing. and yeah. thousands of dollars for your hormones. Yep. It's, why would you want to do that? When we have safe, proven, insurance covered, FDA approved products that have been around for decades. Okay. And I think the reason is women's doctors aren't, they're not, we've stopped teaching doctors how to do this after the Women's Health Initiative came out in 2001. We scared everybody off of hormones. Okay. So that's the number one with pellets is they're not as safe. We do have more side effects, but with higher dosing. And then number two, they're very expensive. Okay. So I'd say if you like them, if they're great, go talk to your doctor, get on an FDA approved insurance covered product. Because if you're going to do hormones and you like them, you might want to be on them for a long time. Right. Right. And it, I mean, I think it's probably, we probably meant to needed to lead with this, but there is this element of we're trying to inform and educate with this conversation and then follow up as a listener with your physicians, with get, ask good yeah, questions. Yeah, it's my favorite thing to say. This is for entertainment and educational purposes only. I am not your doctor. Go talk to your doctor. <laughs> but but everything I say, for the most part, unless I'm saying this is my personal opinion, is this is national guidelines stuff. Right. Like, right. I'm just following the the gurus. Right. No, I I understand. I mean, well, what because what we're trying to do with this conversation, this is what we both try to do with our shows is we're just trying to pr- present really good quality information. Use it, but also for your specific situations, ask specific questions within the context with the people that are walking alongside or helping you to that level, like a doctor-patient relationship. 
That's right. Because they know your health so much better, right? And like, are you healthy? Are you as healthy as you can be, right? Mm -hmm. If you have certain, if you have, if you're on three high blood pressure medications, you've already had a stroke and a heart attack, you've got gallbladder disease and your cholesterol is out of whack, you shouldn't be on hormones. Right. Okay. Probably, probably somebody's not going to give them to you. So it's really in the context of like, are you healthy enough to take this? Okay. And so if let's, let's pivot from here then. If uh, somebody's hearing this and they're like, okay, I need to bring this up with my doctor, what's the best way they can do that? Yeah. So I would go to the NAMS website. I can send you this link. You can post it in your show notes. But the NAMS, North American Menopause Society, just came out with new updated 2022 guidelines okay. for hormones. Perfect. And I'll put so them in the me, show I'm notes. Like, Absolutely. Print that out. Okay. Yeah. That's, if you read that, you're, you're ahead of, you know... 320 million people in this in this country. Right. But I would bring that in and be like, hey, I'm very interested in trying out hormone therapy. And it, it was so interesting. And I think, again, this is just part of like, the, we we have fear. So we, pers- you know, we get stuck. Is when we're like, should I? Shouldn't I? Mm-hmm. Should I? Shouldn't I? Mm-hmm. Should I? And I'm like, how about just try it and see what you think? Okay. You can always stop. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not this like big, it's, I'm always, it's not an amputation. Right. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> You hate it. You try it. Try a couple different doses. See if you tolerate it. But the, I mean, the thing again, going back to like, should I be on hormone therapy? Hormone therapy is not FDA approved for primary prevention of any disease. Okay. And that's because you'll get on the internet now because we're actually starting to support more and more women and be to be like hormones are great. Like, how many women do I hear of like you're going to pry this out of my cold dead hands? I'm so much better on hormones. Right. It's life changing. Right. But it's a, it's not a slippery slope. But again, that lack of education of like, everybody should be on hormones. Everybody should do it. It's going to prevent right. death and, and heart disease. And we have some evidence that women between the ages of 50 and 60 who are on hormone therapy do live longer. We okay. have some evidence to say it decreases the risk of heart disease. We have some evidence to say it decreases diabetes, mid-gut weight gain. Right. Um, in insulin's, you know, resistance. Right. But does that mean like it prevents all diseases and everybody should be on it? Right. No. Right. The other thing it does is uh, decreases your risk of osteoporosis. Okay. And we can't feel that. We can't feel our bones getting no. weaker. No. But it's 2% a year starting at age, I think before 50. Okay. But it is FDA approved for prevention of osteoporosis. Okay. So point being, going back to your lady who's going into her doctor to say, hey, I want to be on this. You mm-hmm. can be like, I really want to decrease my risk of osteoporosis. My sleep's horrible. This is all started around age 50. Can I just, and this is my advice for him. Can I just try it and we'll stop if it doesn't work? Okay. Give your doctor an out. Right, right. Right. Be like, just write for three months and I'll follow up. And if it's not going well, we'll change it or I'll stop. Right. It's, it's a pretty non-threatening way to ask for a medication. Absolutely. And it... But again, I mean, that's that's one of the things I think that's, that's coming clean to me in this conversation, Kelly, is how often do we take these different aspects of our lives and we don't collaborate with the people that are there to help us. We just expect them to lead the charge or tell us what to do or fix it. And or I do it myself. It's this I it's this idea of, oh no, 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 I'll figure it out. I've got Google at my disposal. I'll I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll, I'll find the cure. I'll solve this problem when no, it's a, it's still a collaboration all the way through. Not even to mention the collaboration 100%. that happens maritally because husbands oh, are, totally. husbands are the ones that are kind of walking alongside going, what in the world's going on? <laughs> Could be going on. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have a clue what's going on with your body. We take your testicles at age 50 and we cut them off. 
that's menopause. <laughs> That's not a good picture. <laughs> it's not a good picture. That's what's happening. Right. But when people are like, oh, she's so moody and she doesn't sleep and something's really weird. It's like, yeah, yeah, we just cut her testicles off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you can't see them. No. Right. No. And she doesn't have the words to explain what's happening because right. she might not even know what's happening. Right. But it, this is le- a legitimate, again, normal, natural, but there's lots of normal, natural things that we do to support people so they feel a lot better. Right. But again, that's the right. taking the steps to seek the help, ask the questions, educate yourself, walk alongside. I mean, that's that's kind of the idea. I mean, that's in some regards, that's the reason your show is what it is, is I have a safe place yeah. I can ask some questions. Yeah, because I because they say funny things like cut off your testicles. <laughs> <laughs> well, that adds for the but entertainment it makes it re- value it makes it of real. it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, my, my good friend, Dr. Rachel Rubin, she's a urologist, like partner in crime on, on trying to get this education out. But she's like, if there, if men's testicles fell off at age 51, there would be a national vaccine. <laughs> they would take it very, very seriously. Right. 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 So you'd be like, they're not interested in sex anymore. They actually don't want to have sex anymore. We need to help them. Right. This is a problem. That's not normal. Right. right. And, instead of like, well, it's just, it's natural. Sorry yeah. about your testicles. Uh, okay, well. Just... Have you tried acupuncture? <laughs> Here's a pellet. Stick that uh, stick that <laughs> under your skin. This will help. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, don't, I don't blame the women who go get pellets. Truthfully, they I don't know. They, they don't know it's more, they, they don't know it can be cheaper. They don't know their insurance can pay for it. They don't know that the risk of side effects is higher. And they just want to feel better. And maybe oh. their doctor didn't help them. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's, so that's I, the I, element. I, I never want to come across as, as uncompassionate to her. Right. It's the, it's the society she's living in. Well, isn't this also kind of the element we face as humans and those that are in the helping profession like yourself, that a primary motivator for most humans is when I got pain or discomfort, I just want that to go away. Yeah. It's not necessarily what's underneath it that could be causing it. It's just make the headache go away. That's all I care about. Yep. Rather than, wait, yeah. I could have something wrong that I maybe need to keep exploring. And that's the impetus of trying to encourage people to take this seriously, ask the good questions, seek the good help to make sure, not not go on expeditions just for fishing purposes necessarily, but to seek it out if it's something that's repetitive and it's known. And it's like, you know, because that's that same kind of thing. I'll have the corollary would be, um, a guy comes in and he had a sexual encounter with his wife and lost his erection or couldn't get one. And then, you know, that's the sneaky little thing of like, once it's in there once, then the back of your mind, when's it going to happen again? And even though we can all know, well, it's possible we're all going to face it at some point. And I try to normalize that too. Yeah, you will. That, that can happen. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But if it happens over and over and over and over and over, well, you might want to check some things out. If it's just a one-off, yeah. well, okay, what was the circumstances there? What was going on? Okay. And then you're kind of moving on. I mean, some of that can happen with women too of, wait, what was the circumstances here? Because it could have been, you, you come across the idea of woman that's been engaged in sex is enjoyable. She has no problem with the lubrication, the arousal, re- reaching climax. And then all of a sudden, I just don't have the same drive. Well, okay. What else is going on in your life? And some of it's circumstantial, some of it, you know, so it's just Nobody has a clear cut. This is what science is. Nobody has a clear cut. This causes this. We can just give you correlations to help make sense of it. And then you still have to navigate your path. Yeah. 
That's right. It's absolutely right. Well, I think I think of this. So we're just starting to really start giving women hormones again, right? Because we were very scared for about 20 years. So when women came in and they said, hey, I'm a little more anxious. I'm a little, my mood's a little bit more down. I'm having trouble sleeping. We gave them antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications. Mm-hmm. Well, those have huge sexual side effects. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're actually like creating another side effect from the med that's trying to and there now, you know, the hormone experts are like, maybe she just needed some hormones. Maybe we have all these women on these meds and they just needed hormones. Right. And because there are antidepressive, anti-anxiety effects to estrogen, right? So you decrease your estrogen and you see more of that go up. But it's like we now we have sexual side effects from the meds trying to fix the first problem. Right. <laughs> it's like we're complicated, but that's also the yeah, pharmacological solve, industry. Solve <laughs> let's let's solve a problem and create another one. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely, hundred um, percent. And to encourage women, because I hear this a lot, is like I'm on my second doctor, I'm on my fourth doctor. Yes. After a while, if they're all telling you the same thing, they might be right, and you they might just not want to be not following guidelines, right? But it's like there are some that are way more receptive to understanding that a woman's like something's just not right. Right. When a woman tells me something's not right, I tend to believe her. Yeah. She's not coming to hang out with me because she has nothing better to do on a Tuesday. <laughs> right. She's got something going on that is interrupting her normal functioning or what optimal could be, and she's trying to find find solutions for it. Yeah. Is um and I I'd be curious your take on this because of your your schooling is the whole the benefits of the whole pelvic floor uh therapy. And understanding yeah. what that is, what that can provide, why that's useful. Totally. So our pelvic organs, bladder, rectum, vagina, uterus, all of that, it, men too, just different parts, mm-hmm. uh, rests on a bowl of about 12-ish different small muscles. These aren't okay. like biceps. And we, we're not always like, hey, I can flex my bicep. I can see what's going on. Right. But we're not as aware of our pelvic floor and our pelvic bowl. And those muscles are incredibly important, right? They, they number one, hold things in, but number two, allow things to come through them. Right. Urine, poop, babies, right. stuff like that. Right. So very important that they're dynamic and that they are functioning well. Mm-hmm. They're a big source of pain. And people will be like, but why did I get pain in my pelvis? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, why do people have shoulder pain? And why do people have low back pain? And why do people have neck pain? Like, it's just another place we get pain. Mm-hmm. There doesn't always have to be like a... You know, we don't always know the reason, but I say, well, some people just carry their tension. To me, it's my left shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's where I carry my tension, right? So people carry their tension in their pelvic floor. But we're so organ-centric in Western medicine, right? We're like, it must be my bladder, right. or it must be my uterus, or it must be my ovary. We pick an organ and think that's the problem when right. we have pain because we're not muscle-centric. There's really no doctor that's like the muscle expert. Okay. Right. It's really the physical therapists that are the muscle experts. Okay. But very often, and I see this a lot because people will come to see me with, with air quotes, kidney pain. And they have, you know, just lateral to their spine. They've got either lumbar pain or costovertebral pain. Like it's their muscle, but nobody thinks I have muscle pain. Right. It's just, we're very organ centric right. in Western medicine. So after we have babies, after we, when we, we put huge strain on these muscles, they need rehab. So pelvic floor physical therapists can help us not leak, can help us not have pain. And the other thing that does happen, again, the perimenopause-menopause transition is as much as we lose bone mass, we start losing muscle mass. Right. 
So as these pelvic floor muscles get weaker, we can develop issues like difficulty holding our organs in, that's vaginal prolapse, or difficulty holding our urine in, or getting our urine out, mm -hmm. right? So to me, I'm like, sometimes I just feel like I'm the gateway person to get people to physical therapy. Right. So much is helped by the muscle gurus, right? not the organ gurus. Right. No, and that's, and that's so beneficial because I think there's this element of these are the these are the things I don't really want to have to focus on, but that's it, because it requires more, maybe. And I know we kind of shame our pelvises a lot, right? Because yeah. people are like, oh, "I don't do I really need to do vaginal estrogen?" Let's pick on vaginal estrogen for a second. Right. Do I really need to do vaginal estrogen? And I'm like, I don't know. Do you really need to like floss and wear sunscreen and wear a seatbelt? <laughs> and then they're like, "Oh." I'm like, you already do tons of stuff that is so routine in your day you don't even think about. Mm -hmm. Right? And I'm like, I would really prefer not to floss, truly. But, like, it goes poorly when I make that decision. Yeah. So. Yeah. M me as, me as well. Like that, that's yes. what it is. Yeah. I would love to not exercise. Yeah. But, like, it goes poorly when you don't exercise yeah. over the long term. So I just, I kind of normalize it like that as far as, like, physical therapists, we just, we need 10,000 mile tune-ups. And I'll, I'll joke with my patients, like, you just need a 10,000 mile tune-up. And then they're always like, it's probably like an 80,000 mile tune-up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, my doc. I'm like, okay, I, you said it, not me. Let's, yeah, well, let's get you feeling better. My, my doc last year, because I hit 50, I'm like, dude, it's, I got to come in. And he's like, yeah, it's a 50,000 mile checkup. I'm like, dude, don't, don't frame it that way. I mean, it's 50. Yeah, you're right. But 50,000 miles, really? That's a, that's a lot of wear. <laughs> Right, <laughs> but yeah. it is a lot of wear. I know. I mean, I, so much of I think what you know what what humans do is we just try to like to, we like to fight with reality. Yes, we just love we just love it. Yeah, or throw a pill at it. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I know. If I could swallow a pill and not need to floss, be, that'd be <laughs> <laughs> or swallow a pill so and then you've exercised. Trying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're working on it, but I'm there's sure just they nothing are. like exercise. I'm sure there are. They are. And I think, you know, that's why the supplement industry, the placebos, the, the online placebos is what I call them. People just, they just want to feel better and they don't want to have to do any work. You know, like Dr. Corey Allen, do you know how challenging it is to talk to your partner about sex? <laughs> yes, I do. Like, could, could we just have a pill instead? Right, right. That would, can you that, just would be, that would be lovely. Can you implant my thoughts into their brain so that they just know and then I don't have to say it? Yeah. Okay. Well, another topic that keeps coming up. Or can you just change their desire for me? <laughs> Make it go away. Could I actually right? cut their testicles off at 50? <laughs> right. So you're saying there could be something. Yeah. But like, that's hard work. But it's like, there is nothing actually that's better than communicating with your partner and understanding your body. Right. Taking care of your body. It's like, we're so entitled. You know, we're just, we're entitled people who like to fight with reality. Yes. That's, I, we need to end it there. So how can people find you? <laughs> <laughs> so that they can learn find more. Me now. She's, they're like, she's oh, yes. entitled. No, I'm not no, going to no, find no. her at they, all. Because I think that if, if, we're, <laughs> if we're intellectually honest with ourselves, uh, we recognize there's truth in that statement among every one yeah. of us. Because I yeah. actually came across this the other day of um, with the great resignation that's gone on in our country and in the world in a lot of ways, right? With over the last two years with COVID and the stimulus money. And, and it was this was from Mike Rowe, the dirty jobs guy, and he just made a comment of if you give humans an easy button, they're gonna push it. Right? That we we are totally. we are wired to do good work and and be involved in meaningful things and and produce things, but we're also 
going to take shortcuts and take easy ways if it's available to us. And that is part of what our society is, is here's an easier way to do that rather than what's the best long-term benefit of what I should do. Yeah. 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 And, 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 you know, to wrap up on this, just to tie up the whole, should I take hormones or should I not? If I'm talking to that 50 year old woman, she's maybe having some symptoms or she's trying to decide, I say, who do you want to be when you're 74? Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Like what do you want your relationship to be? What Mm -hmm. do you want your body to be like? How do you want your mind to be? And start thinking long term, right? Because we never pay attention to that future self. Right. But if when we talk to her, we realize I got to take care of myself for her. Right. She's actually depending upon me to take care of myself for right. her. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of. And a, I just think it's a beautiful thing to think about. I'm kind of a cog in this story for my future self that I'm, I'm, yeah. I want to take that seriously. Yeah. How can I make her proud? Right. So, well said. How, okay. how, how can people find you? Find me. Uh, Kelly Casperson MD on Instagram. You Are Not Broken is the podcast. And then here is my beautiful, lovely cover of the book. You Are Not Broken. Stop shooting all over your sex life. Right. And it's and it's very very good. Uh, highly recommend the book and and your show. Uh, it, you do good work, Kelly, and it's always a privilege and honor to catch up with you again. Oh, it's fun to chat. Thank you for having me. So there's a lot to take away from this episode. Mm, so much. I I appreciated it as a 49 year old, and some of the things that uh, even talking to my regular physician that. There's not been discussions of some some of this stuff, so right much appreciated. You know, girlfriends that are actually doing the pellets, and I'm like, I don't know much about it. I had never asked, and from what she's saying, holy cow! There's another alternative you could do before, right? And ask some serious questions if you're going to, right? right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, because it is so interesting to me, and it makes sense in a lot of ways because science is so. Uh, astounding mm-hmm. and the medical world and the fields that have, how things have evolved. Right. I mean, you think about it, I'm 51, you're, you're almost 50 as at the time of this recording mm-hmm. and go back several hundred years and we're not alive. <laughs> well, go back 50 years. I'm not alive. I guess no, I'm no, not no. following that in, one. <laughs> in generational times of like, Oh, gotcha. <laughs> You're right, though. I I like how you did the math there. That's good, baby. Well done. Yes, longevity was not expected. Yes. Right. Unless we go back to Methuselah pre-flood years. Very well. (laughs) Yes. But it it is that idea of just how much has changed. And it's so easy to think, well, science, we'll just fix this, solve it with this, do this, rather than hold on. There's other consequences that could come from these fixes. Yeah. Yeah. But she added so much into it. Just her point of... We're entitled and we fight with reality. Right. Right. I mean, so much to grasp from that. Um, appreciate all. Appreciate no, her being on. Absolutely. Well, transcripts are available in the show notes on each of the episode's pages. And all our advertisers, deals, and discount codes are also on each of the episode's pages at smrnation.com. Please consider supporting those who help support the show. Uh, the greatest compliment you can give us is to share the show with those you care about, particularly any women in your life. Um, that this is speaking to this mm-hmm. particular episode with Dr. Kelly, share it, mm-hmm. let them know. Uh, we want to be bearers of good information to help people make informed decisions and have better conversations with their loved ones, their medical professionals, everything. Um, we improve, we improve those around us when we improve ourselves. So take on yourself first by applying what you hear from us each and every week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.